Oh, yeah. Come on and sit down and watch this with me. You know you want to watch it. And I want you to watch it, too. Come on. So we've got like the official, and I have to say, tragic news that came out today. According to Eon Productions, um, from both Barbara Broccoli, Michael G. Wilson, and Daniel Craig, due to creative differences, Danny Boyle is no longer directing Bond 24. What? Get out of here. That came out today. Damn. Yeah. So why is, is this because... I'm willing to bet that Danny Boyle turned in his first draft of the script and Broccoli and co. looked at it and were like, oh, can we have uh, Purvis and Wade take a pass at this? And he said no. That would be my guess as right. to well, what Yeah, Danny Boyle has his own writer. I figured his name. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was he like brought him on board for the movie. I you know I I could almost see this coming because of how conservative the Bond franchise has been. Yeah, but they're so resistant to anything our auteur. I guess. Exactly, that's been like their mo since like the whole series began. So. Right. I was really excited when this was a possibility, but I was also like very tempered with that being like, yeah, but there's a good chance it won't happen. So yeah. is this for the last Daniel Craig movie? The yeah. Last Daniel Craig one? The final oh, okay. Daniel Craig. Bond 25. So that's like kind of falling apart right now then? <laughs> right. Oh. He's still like contracted to do it. But... <laughs> He's like, you have to do it. <laughs> it's just... Well, yeah, Craig has to do it, but Boyle is right, out. Right, but Boyle is out. Uh, okay. Boyle and Co. So like all the people that made the movies. So it's going to end work. up being like probably worse than what it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> like usually happens that. with these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Are we ready, guys? Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This. Uh, I am your host, Dennis. And as always, I'm joined by my uh, two just drunk and surly, um, rather boisterous co-hosts, Colin and Craig. How are you both? I'm feeling very conspiratorial today. Ah, yeah. Das Vidanya, Dennis. Ah, das Vidanya. <laughs> oh, I mean, speaking of Russia, what a, an appropriate film for today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we, we did Death of Stalin, um, which is a, um, it's recorded as coming out in 2017, but it hit the United States in 2018. Um, it is a movie by Armando Iannucci, who, Iannucci, is that I'm saying that right? Iannucci. Iannucci. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. One of those I think it's Italian. I think yeah, most, yeah, the, <laughs> the E's, the I's sound like You'll probably and... know him from Veep. Um, and if you know him from Veep, you might be actually already familiar with this movie and how it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was my biggest thing. It was like, I didn't really know who he was going into it and like, halfway through this movie I was like why does this movie seem so familiar and then I looked him up and I'm like oh he's a writer producer director on Veep and that's why this movie seems so familiar I think right. I recommended his other movie on a previous podcast after like on a recommendation when I started watching the first season of Veep because he also has another movie that's in the loop which is about it's like uh, a British political satire that's oh, again very, very Veep like uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyways um, the uh, this movie is about, well, the death of Stalin. Um, and it's fantastic because it's just the fallout, the, the you know, a political satire of the fallout of what happened when Stalin died. It, 
Uh, it opens on the recording of a um, what what what's track of some. It's like a piano concerto with right. full orchestra. Yeah, and there and uh, the person that's recording it on into the radio is uh, gets or playing it live through the radio gets a phone call. The, to call back Stalin in like 17 minutes specifically. <laughs> I love the guy next to me be like, well, does he mean 17 minutes from when he called you or 17 minutes from when the call ended? <laughs> when you hung up. I don't know. I wasn't on the, I don't know. When was it? I don't know. I wasn't on the phone. You keep saying that and it's not helping. Um, so it's filled with a lot of British actors um, and they don't... Uh, have, Bother to have a Russian accent at all, which is what I love. There's a few it's, Americans it's a great, in there too. Yeah, there's a few yeah. Americans. But the Americans are also just doing their own American accents. Yeah. Yeah. The most notable is Steve Buscemi playing Nikita Khrushchev. Um, but anyways, it, it continues on, and you know, it, it goes through like what it was vaguely like um, being in the Russian cabinet power of you know cabinet power, um, which was that Stalin was paranoid of assassination, and so how he would control that was by getting shit faced drunk with his cabinet every night every night for a dinner party and then he would conclude these dinner parties very very late at night with a showing of a cowboy movie an american cowboy movie uh, which would play into like 4 a.m every night and when i say shit face drunk i mean dangerously drunk like this would happen and so this is what kind of this movie is about is it picks up with like those happenings and then um um stalin <laughs> dies of a massive heart attack which is just, I, I love that scene so much because he gets like a letter from this woman who's like, you know, Stalin killed her whole family. And so she's like writing this like letter, letter of spite and he's like reading it and like he starts laughing at it. But he's just goes, oh, fuck. Ah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and also Stalin just has like a cockney accent. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just... It's just the best. We'll have it then. Um, and he pisses himself. Yeah, and then um, actually, which is true to history, he like laid in his office for like five days before anyone did anything because he, while he was still alive, uh, like for a few days before someone like picked him up and moved him because they were so terrified of him. Um, so well, that's so that, kind of true. Yeah, that was the thing too that uh, I found kind of funny and interesting about that is he might have survived had he not been so paranoid right. and afraid of like doctors and like murdered and right, yeah. thrown all the doctors in jail for quote unquote trying to kill him right. uh, is that he, there might have actually been a doctor there who could have actually saved him right. uh, and yeah, so yeah that was he, a nice little ironic he twist he or killed all the good doctors in Moscow um, and <laughs> so that becomes a problem later on when you know he, he has they get, try to get doctors to diagnose him and they can't find any because <laughs> there's no doctors available and when they do like find a doctor it's like hard to get them to cooperate and be like no i'm not doing i didn't do anything no, right. yeah, they all think they're gonna we like be need... like thrown into the gulag gulag yeah right. <laughs> um a brief list of cast is uh, steve buscemi as nikita khrushchev simon russell as uh Laurenti beria which uh he reminded me if um uh christopher nolan did a batman where there was a penguin Beria would be, or the guy that Simon yeah, Russell would be, he'd be a good cast. penguin. Be, yeah. Because like I felt like his character in this would be like a more serious version of the penguin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Jeffrey Tambor is, is also in this movie. Um, a few others, but uh, a few other. I mean, like they're like all comedic actors that you'd recognize if you saw them. Type, like type of cast. It's an independent film. Um, but yeah, I. Um, really enjoyed it and i'm glad i finally got you guys to watch it yeah, yeah. I, I liked it a lot and I, one of the things i found really interesting was like knowing from the beginning that buscemi is playing khrushchev you're like 
okay, I know just from having a passing familiarity with history that Khrushchev is going to end up like in charge at the end. Right. And yet at the beginning of the film, he seems like one of the people who's like least equipped or like least likely to take over. Yeah. Like you really think like Baria is going to take over everything. Right. <laughs> well, I think that that again, uh, going back to our previous episode on Scott Pilgrim in terms of like characters or people who, um, kind of use an unassuming nature as kind of like a weapon and like kind of uh, do that whole thing. Like, cause he is very unassuming until like at the very end, like when all of a sudden, like, you know, his like demeanor like changes and he becomes this kind of like steel person when he's uh, taking Svetlana and like telling her she needs to like get the fuck out of the country and that they're going to like keep an eye on uh, her brother here in Russia. And like, he has to stay here. Like before when he's talking with her, he's very like kind and gentle and like, you know, like we just, don't want anything to happen to you and yeah, he's like kind of like we'll flustered in these you. moments yeah. yeah and then as soon as he's like gets a hold of that power it's like no you're gonna do what i tell you to do you're gonna get the fuck out of this country and that's what's happening right now right. because i'm in charge <laughs> and so it's yeah interesting to see that like flip and uh even going to like the very end of the movie with uh the guy who ends up taking over after him mm-hmm. uh like where the last frame of the movie is like they're you know having they're sitting in the theater uh and they zoom in on uh i'm gonna I'm not getting his name right either, but uh, on Steve Buscemi's uh, character slash actual person. Uh, Nikita Khrushchev. Yes. And, um, and there's the there's guy Brinch, sitting Brinch behind Nikov, him. Uh, Brinch, Brinch, Brinch Nikov, uh, who they say like ends up taking over after him. And there's like literally just like a one like half second moment where it's like they zoom in and then it's like he kind of like looks down at uh, Buscemi and then like looks back up and then like the... Uh, the center, like the focus of the uh, angle, like s- slightly centers towards him, and just kind of like I thought that was a really cool, like really subtle way of uh, actually saying a whole lot with just like with just a like a camera move, yeah. yeah, which was really cool. Yeah. Um. One of uh, also speaking of the ending of the movie, one of my favorite parts in it is um, just how sudden and brutal the murder of Beria is you know like, oh yeah it sucks the comedy out of the moment and everything and you're like ha ha oh and they just like panic they're just like moving him out and then someone just pulls out a gun and shoots him you know yeah. and, like well cause yeah he's like up until this point it's been like all of these like slow plays these like little ploys and like schemes and like all of these right. like little like you know like games that have just been these very subtle movements and then all of a sudden it's just like, like Boom, shoot him in the head. <laughs> oh, like, oh, like who invited the church to this funeral? Like now we have to like deal with these guys and like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Let's like pretend like it's part of the service that you changed places with me so I don't have to look at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and Beria like was, you know, the catalyst for a lot of those subtle moves. Like he's the one who, yeah, invites the bishops. He's the one who um, hides away the girl that's lo- the girl from the original photo with Stalin. So that way... Um, Jeffrey Tambor's uh, character. Um, yeah, can't recreate can't, that. Yeah, recreate that picture, even though he's the one that told him to find the girl to take that picture. And so it's like he's doing all of these like really subtle like manipulative plays. And then at the end, it's just like, yeah, they just drag him out and blow his brains out. And that's yeah. the end of it. But but on that <laughs> thing with the picture with the little girl, I love how that is like such a thing throughout the movie. It's like, no, we need like the same little girl. We need the same picture. And then they finally do get the girl. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously she's aged. <laughs> she's like considerably bigger. now. he's like, oh, this doesn't work. We need another little girl who looks like that little girl 
I, I loved the um, the slow motion introductions with the title of like the character. You know, oh, like, yeah. When um, Beria and Khrushchev are like the like slapping bellies, like drunk as fuck, and it's like <laughs> Secretary of the Interior and like <laughs> whatever the other title is. It's like these like super powerful people and like they're just wasted. Um, I love, love, love Jason Isaac's character. Oh, he, like, once he enters the movie, like, hits a whole new level. It's oh, yeah. so fantastic. And his entrance is just beautiful. Like, he just, like, He's, like, snapping, in, like, yeah, those... snaps his vestments yeah. and, like, shrugs off his coat. And it's, like, all slow-mo. And he's got this big old scar across his face. <laughs> and he's just, like, this badass general dude who, like, literally kicks ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the people are like, oh, you can't do it this day. Like, well, that one day when the whole fucking army's in town, that's the one time when we have to do it. <laughs> you know, when the whole army with all of their weapons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a good day. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I do like about this that uh, I feel I was talking with um, Tara's husband, Jim, who's like a big fan of Veep. And he's like talking about uh, essentially how this show is uh, very much on, on face value. It seems really absurd, but it actually is like extremely accurate to how things work. And this feels very much the same in that way of like I could see every single thing in this movie. I could see this being like practically a documentary. Yeah. And uh and even like that level of like ineptitude of like kind of like flying by the seat of their pants, like I it is something that seems like very real. It's like because so much of uh you know like what people in power do is really just faking it and like hoping that no one notices or hoping that if people do notice that they have enough power to just like put them in their place and tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah, and either that or they can, like, spin it in such a way and be like, oh, I didn't fuck this up in this way. I actually was doing a brilliant move. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and and, that, and I feel like that goes into the whole, uh, you know, theme of propaganda throughout this movie because, like, even the, the people who are, like, obviously, like, very clearly, like, the people above all of this propaganda, who are the people who, like, write this propaganda, use that propaganda against each other. Like, Barry is constantly, like, you know... Uh, you know, talking like, you know, like the party line and then like, oh, that was a test. And, you know, oh, like, right. and, and he's like bringing all the like he brings all these phrases in that it's like it's very clear that none of them believe this. But you have to say that you believe it even in front of other people that, you know, they don't believe it. Right. And so it's like all of this like back and forth of, oh, we all know this is the game, but we have to keep playing it. We don't have any other choice. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's you're going to die. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> I think Molotov is the greatest example where like. Just like talking about his wife, you know. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know she like it was. Of course she had to die. She betrayed the country and everything. And then, like, and then they bring her out. It's like, oh my god, you're okay. Right. Yeah, they totally like. Yeah, that was all I rigged. missed you so much. Yeah, it was all rigged. Yeah. It's like, it's like how's it been since you got your wife back? It's like, oh, you know, she apologized for betraying the country. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a, or like when uh, Barry is like pulling her out, and he's like, it's like she he's like tells her that Stalin died, and she's like. Our Stalin? Yeah. Our Stalin? And she like starts crying. He's like, yeah. You know, the guy that put you here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved him because that was another one of those things that it took me a few minutes to be like, wait, wait, that is Michael Palin. Holy crap. <laughs> like, veteran of Monty Python and everything, Michael Palin is yeah. in this movie too. So. Oh, yeah. It just goes to, again, like how stacked this movie is. No, it's excellent. Um, I just, I don't know. I just love all the characters. I love uh, 
Uh, what's the son's name again? Uh, oh, what was the son's name? I don't have it in Va- front of me. Vol- Like Vusili or something? Yeah, something. Whatever. Like, yeah, like the... <laughs> The hockey team, but they're like, "Where's this player?" It's like, "Well, he died in the plane crash." There was no plane crash. Russian planes don't crash. (laughs) But like his other introduction, like after he's trying to get together this other hockey team because the real hockey team died, is he's like he like comes into like the gathering of all the people and he like shoots off a gun and all the soldiers are wrestling it away from him and they finally get him to calm down and then he reaches for somebody else's gun <laughs> and it like it's such a prolonged <laughs> scene of him struggling with that soldier to try and get the gun they linger on that shot for like a full like two or three minutes <laughs> and it's it just gets funnier and funnier like the longer it goes oh it's excellent um yeah no, but he, he was one of my favorite characters um, I liked uh, also uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character in this. Like he was just such a bumbling asshole, like with his girdle. <laughs> like I don't want anyone to know about this. Yeah, I love it. He's like it's for uh, I, have, I have back problems. I have a bad it's, back. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's for function, not fashion. Right. <laughs> he he also had like I think my favorite line in the movie when he says, "When I said no problem, I meant no." Problem. <laughs> They're like uh, when Barry threatens everyone, and he's and he's like, "Yeah, it looks like you know you guys are in some hot water." He's like, "He's threatening you too." He's like, "No, he said all of you." Yeah. I was standing over here, and he said all of you. So all of you <laughs> can kiss my Russian ass. <laughs> um, God, I what was I gonna say? Oh, about uh. Beria. He's just I think he's probably my favorite character in this. Oh, yeah. Um, he's certainly like the like kind of most despicable guy in it. Like he does like a lot of the worst like machinations and stuff. Yeah. And I, I, one of my favorite lines is when he's talking to Svetlana and she's like, you know, like, why should I trust you? And he's like, oh, because I'm the only one who's telling you not to trust anyone. And it's like that complete like opposite of like, oh yeah, anyone that says trust me probably shouldn't trust them but then this guy's saying don't trust anyone and it's like you probably still shouldn't trust him anyway so just don't trust yeah, anyone yeah he's, he's straight up little finger yeah <laughs> i did warn you not to trust anyone exactly <laughs> yeah no um he was also the most fleshed out character probably as well yeah i mean how they establish how he's like this big perv who's like just getting like sexual favors from all these women that he interrogates and right. stuff too yeah and young girls too, and yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 horrible, and yeah, yeah, this is all like happened, which yeah. is just like, uh, yeah. what I mean, it's, it's not it's not extremely accurate. Like Khrushchev didn't come into power immediately after Stalin. He is just the most famous person to follow Stalin. He was like the third successor from Stalin. There was two other leaders after Stalin um, died. Um, but uh, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to conclude our review of Death of Stalin. And, and, and we're back. All of us. Yeah. All of us are back. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> How are we doing? I'm good. D- during the break, Dennis and I were both talking about how, like, yeah, we hardly took any notes on this one. Because, well, yeah, I mean, we've all kind of struggled to, if you've noticed, and are long listeners of I Want You to Watch This, comedies episodes tend to be shorter because we just talk about, oh, that was funny. Well, yeah, that it's was also hard, funny. Yeah, it's hard to just kind of, like... I don't think it'd be a very entertaining episode if it was just like us pointing out like line by line the funny things in the movie. Uh, because yeah, again, there's not a whole lot that happens in this movie. It's like people scheme after Stalin dies. Right. Someone wins kind of at the end. Right. That's it. Like you, should, you should totally watch it. It was Yeah, a but it's a yeah. great, it's well done. But yeah, yeah for like there's not like a whole lot in terms of like outside of just breaking down every single joke in the movie of like right. trying to stretch out time. So yeah, we'll just, and like, I, I like, I also kind of muse that I could have done some research on like Russian history and like, you know, kind of compared what actually happened versus what they depicted in the movie. But then, you know, it also, I feel like that kind of pulls away from the art of it all, which is that it doesn't have to be true to, you know, history. It has just only to these facets. Well, yeah, like people a, don't, need to have like an in-depth history of the Russian no. like like oligarchy after Stalin to enjoy this movie. No. So it doesn't necessarily have to be incorporated but, into I the mean, episode. Yeah, it's like they're they're playing off of like the the very important historical fact that Stalin was a terrible Russian dictator that murdered you know nearly half his population. Good thing we got rid of all of those people like, Oh yeah, I'm glad that doesn't no exist more, anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um and I mean, I don't know. It's I love that dark satire personally. Like when this movie, when I saw this movie, I was like giddy with glee because it's like, oh, they're making fun of the lists, you know? Like <laughs> that's dark, I know, <laughs> but like it's just that's just like history is ridiculous and really dark, you know. And but, if, but the fact that he did make these lists, yes, like yeah. that was a real thing. That really fucking happened. He'd make lists and people would die, and and. You know, that's an important thing to know, you know, and it's also important to be able to laugh in this world, you know, and <laughs> well, man, and, it's funny. And that's the thing, too, is like, I do feel like there is an element of absurdity to it, which, again, Ianichi is very good at emphasizing and bringing out is the absurdity of the way that things actually work. Like, right. you know, uh, again, like back to Veep is. You know, there's like moments where it's like, oh, yeah, a typo will, you know, create like the situation where like, oh, do we acknowledge that we were wrong or do we just roll with it and see what happens and then just kind of like put a spin on it. And it's that like that, except, you know, in this situation, it's with like lists of people to murder and to jail. And it's uh, and it's it is absurd to an extent that the fact that anyone has this level of power over so many people's lives is just absurd in and of itself. Oh, and to be so cavalier. Yeah. Like, you got to remember as well that, like, okay, so, like, yeah, this is a farce and it's comedy and they might not have behaved in this fashion, but they might have, you know. Um, the, The truth is, is that they were wasted heads of state that were the... I, sleep-deprived, w- w- wasted... Sleep, sleep-deprived, <laughs> wasted heads of state of a one of two nuclear power on the planet in a situation where we could have wiped out every fucking living being on the on the face of the planet, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's insane to think about. That's insane to think about. It's You have to be able to laugh at it. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you... I mean, really, at any point, like, God, this sounds so fucking dark. I'm just like, well, yeah, you just, you never know, like, how close we could be to the brink of 
any of number of horrible things yeah. of any number of horrible things <laughs> happening that are like only like held together by everyone else's fear that that's what's hap- that's what's going to happen like it's just right. kind of like everyone kind of is like checking everyone else's fear and it, it's it's a horrible way to live our lives <laughs> and well, is- <laughs> it, it also goes back to like what we said in our episode about Dr. Strangelove like when uh, Kubrick started making that story he originally intended to make a drama out of this book like zero hour but like the further he went along with it the more he found the real life situation was so absurd that he had to make it a comedy yeah and and that's kind of like very similar to this like this is how absurd it actually was yeah. and it's i feel like there's definitely a privilege to being able to even distance yourself that much because again for the people whose lives it directly affects there's nothing you know funny about it like to the people that like are you know, the descendants of that, like, it's not, you know, it's just, like, horrifying to them. Uh, and so I think that that's another thing that I, I find to be uh, an interesting thing to look at is is how much distance allows us to even be able to look at things like that. Because when you're in that situation, it's not, like, it's 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 just fucking... Oh, yeah, too it's, soon. It's, yeah, it's, it's heart-rending, and yeah. it's, it's fucking, right. like still like takes your breath away and there's nothing like there's no humor to, again it's like what tragedy plus time comedy all that that old right. thing but uh it's yeah it's very true and it's it's proven like time and time again with the number of things where um you know people are able to kind of like make jokes about things that were horrifying or traumatic at the time so i don't know that's just me talking about random things in general not not specific to this movie but i feel like that this movie covers yeah yeah i mean it's they're talking they, like the the humor is coming from a very dark central theme yeah um and a lot of people die in this movie <laughs> actually there's a lot of there's a lot of death um, oh yeah there's like the whole scene where it's like um when things are changing over and it's like the new lists are being implemented and it's like everyone's just kind of like walking around and it's kind of like that like west wing walk you know yeah they've and like the, got these long tracking shots yeah but like, just in the background it's like people are just like going down hallways you hear a gunshot it's like yeah. long live stalin and then like Blam. and then it's like boom 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 yeah. and it's just like bodies being pulled like right. across or, or when the peasants come into moscow and the guard Shoots yeah, them and then like the yeah. military are like shooting a bunch of them. Right. Yeah. Oh, when, yeah, when they clear out Stalin's <laughs> mansion, like or like <laughs> when was it? Various started the trains back up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, it was Khrushchev, Khrushchev started yeah. the trains back up, and, and yeah, they killed so like fifteen hundred people, people because yeah, <laughs> the NKVD was like I mean had no sense of cra- did that actually happen? Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. That's Jesus. <laughs> and again, that's like. Like was that the like was that something that happened as the result of like this like back and forth scheming? Because like that was like because like in the movie it's what happens is Beria closes down the trains in a power play to uh, you know bring in the bishops and like have like the funeral kind of go in his in his way and uh, Khrushchev opens them back up to spite him and that ends up getting fifteen hundred people killed because. Right. 
Barry is telling his like he's works he's like has like the intelligence agency he's the head of that and he's telling them not to let anyone into Moscow and then Khrushchev who's like another oligarch is like oligarch is like telling the trains people because he's over the trains that like to start letting people in and so that ends up like with yeah fifteen hundred people just getting killed because these two men have like this petty quarrel like over a power grab and in a veep style this isn't dealt with in like oh what a tragedy it's dealt with in like this asshole like when did that yeah (laughs) it's it's not like no one's acknowledging like the tragedy of this loss of life it's all just about the pettiness of these two guys as squabble well yeah they don't they don't care about any human lives other than their own right like (laughs) which happens all the time whenever there's a power vacuum and you know people are vying for power and it happens very sudden too you know like overnight literally coups yay coups are fun (laughs) Everyone should have one. One thing that I feel like would have enhanced this movie for me would have been to see like any people of color in it. I'm like, well, if, yeah, but it does take place in Russia. Yeah, it but it's also Moscow. American and British people yeah. not speaking in any, not even trying <laughs> to affect any sort Good of point. accent. Like Good if, point. Yeah, I like they're not even trying to affect any sort of accent. It's Americans. It's British people. Like. And yes. I was like, uh, it would have been nice to see even, even like one, like you know, person of color. Up. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that would have been, that would have actually added to the humor too, you know, just yeah. like of it all. Just like, you know, how the, uh, Stalin has a Cockney accent, you know, just like yeah. how the, out of place the whole thing is and it's playing into the, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Good call. Um, yeah. How are we doing? I'm, I'm pretty much out of, out of thought notes. I just yeah, I I just remember writing that the NKVD would make a great moving moving men moving service. The way they cleared out the mansion, it was just oh, like yeah. boom 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 boom. And it was like <laughs> empty. It was that was, I was like, damn, they get shit done. <laughs> I, I've just got that this has a seven point two on IMDb, a ninety six percent Rotten Tomatoes, and a seventy seven percent audience tomatoes. Yeah. The more I think about Rotten Tomatoes, sorry, this is not yeah, the I don't movie. know. It's, it's the not more, that great. Well, no, and, and the more it's it's well, it's because the way Rotten Tomatoes works, it's only like good or bad. So it's like if anything anything above a sixty percent gets aggregated as like a fresh score. So it's like that's why I, I do like the kind of like uh, what is it the uh, uh, letterbox? No, no, no. The the audience or like Metacritic. Oh, or, Metacritic. Yeah, yeah but, um, as an average score overall, because I, I don't know, it's. It, it actually reminds me of something that I believe Amy uh, Nicholson was saying, I think on Unspooled, is that a lot of times like movies she finds the most interesting are ones that have like a 50 to 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because it's kind of like, m- like more people have differing opinions about it and there's like more that you can like dig into or more that you can really talk about than like something that's like everybody seems to love or everybody seems to hate. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, kind of like 50 to 70 is probably like a good range and getting like that that like diversity and then anything below and then anything like 50, like 40 to like 30 to 20. And then anything at like 1% is like, just like gold because yeah. if, some, like, if something is so generally horrible, like, below like 5%, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is so spectacularly bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd agree. I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll take another break, and when we get back, we will um, tell you about what we're doing next week, as well as uh, recommendations for all. And, and some possible Sam sightings. Oh, definitely the Sam sightings. All right. Sam sightings! <laughs> Thank you.
And we're back. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, <laughs> if you're just joining us. If you're just joining us, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for fast-forwarding your podcast all the way to almost the end. Right. I only like to listen to the last, like, I don't like to listen to the first 30 minutes of any podcast. Because, <laughs> like, if you're just used to listening to WTF and you just want to skip his monologue, <laughs> you know, you go yeah. past that first 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible at these transitions. I'll get better. Um, uh, now we will tell you what we're doing next week. Wouldn't you like to know? Uh, oh, wouldn't you? It's Colin's turn. Um, so, Colin, what have we got? Uh, we're, it's been a little while since we've uh, done a doc. Uh, so we're going to go back. and We're going to talk about a uh, documentary done by Al Pacino. I want to say 1996. Uh, I could be wrong very much about that <coughs> about that date, but... It's called Looking for Richard, and it's about, like, Al Pacino kind of struggling with the question of why Americans, like, will shy away from Shakespeare more than uh, British people will. And so as a part of his answering this question, he both talks to scholars and all sorts of people, but he also kind of mounts a somewhat production of Richard III with a bunch of just really well-known actors, and it's pretty cool. I used to use it... um, when I was a theater teacher. So it's been a long time since I've seen this, and I'm looking forward to watching it again and uh, talking to you fine people about it. Cool. All right. I'm excited. You might not hear it in my voice, but I am. <laughs> um, right on. Well, um, I guess that takes us on to um, any recommend Ricky, Rickety Rick recommendations that we have. Um I'll, I'll start. I actually have one. <laughs> it's not just something like water. Yeah, it's not ethereal. Or <laughs> I mean, but also water. Yeah, or just water. I mean, yeah, you should definitely drink water. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> we are we are a hydrated podcast. If anything, it's one of our sponsors, right? Water. Yeah, yeah. water. Yeah, water. Uh, I think we could try to get a, a sponsorship with LaCroix because based on how much all of us drink. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just... I mean, they do sponsor another one of my favorite then podcasts. Then let's, just, let's like, just do it. Let's just, LaCroix, let's just, if you're out there. No, let's just be like, let, you know, LaCroix, you're great. I, I like the refreshing orange LaCroix. Yeah, orange, yeah. lime, all the lemon, like all the citrus ones are, are just top notch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get, I, I don't know. You guys are weird. I mean, it's all about the peach pear... It's oh, all you about, like the blend. It's all about the coconut. Yeah. Uh, oh, coconut. no, it is not all about the coconut. Oh, oh you shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> shut it. Oh, I, mm. As long as you don't say mango. Mango is... No, uh, uh, no I'm not a no. fan of mango. I like actual mangoes. Mm. Not like someone like chewed up a mango and like spit it back into like no. some soda some water. some water. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, my, my, my recommendation... Just that one. All the rest of LaCroix is delicious, folks. Just... <laughs> yeah. right, right. Uh, my actual recommendation is uh, uh, Disenchantment, uh, which is the new Matt Groening cartoon um, that is featured on Netflix. And yes, I am many episodes through it already, and I can't recommend it enough. I'm a huge Futurama fan, if you didn't know that. And um, yeah, David X. Cohen is a producer on this as well. And uh, it feels like a lot of the same writers, but a lot of fresh stuff too. Um, so it's nice. I really enjoy it. Um, Disenchantment. Aki Jacobson. Abby Jacobson is a star. So that's my recommendation. Uh, I have a recommendation that uh, continues my horrible, horrible McElroy addiction. Um, it's a podcast called Still Buffering. 
Um, it's Sydney McElroy and her two sisters, one of whom is like close to her same age, but the other one who is like 15 or more years younger than she is. And so it's the title of his like a sister's guide through teens through the ages. So like somebody, the two sisters who are adults will talk to their other sister who's a teenager and they'll just talk about the differences between like what it was like to be a teenager back then versus how it is today. And it's always like the most interesting when they have to try to explain some concept from like the pre-internet days <laughs> to Riley. It would be like, right. there's an t- episode where they're trying to explain to her how answering machines worked. And it's, it's pretty funny, like how long it takes and <laughs> how much it just blows her mind of like, wait a minute. Like, so you would just like call their house and you might have to talk to their parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it used to work, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Miss Simmons. Can I speak to Mark? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I will recommend uh, Mark Miller's The Magic Order. It's, it's very magical, very, very, very adult. <laughs> um, it's part of the uh, Miller world that Netflix has given uh, Mark Miller free reign over pretty much. Oh, wow. So it is like the first Netflix comic. Um, and it's uh, published through Image Comics, which is, again, another fantastic publishing house that they have some really great stuff, such as Saga, that everybody should read. Um, and we'll double down on that Saga thing. Saga's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, story about... Uh, order of magicians who have been like you know secret order running things for centuries uh behind the scenes you know protecting the world from unseen forces right um and then of course someone comes along and tries to fuck it all up by trying to kill everybody huh. um and it's like yeah pretty much like a uh a, a voldemorty you know uh disgraced you know wizard from the order who's back to claim their revenge on uh, all of the all of wizard kind and d- assert their dominance over all of the wizards and yeah um, it's very very interesting and I like it a lot so the magic order check it out Mark Miller Netflix comics <laughs> I, I, cool. I want to read this and then just imagine like Usador being thrown into this world <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh god oh uh. If, yeah. <laughs> hello from Hello from Magic Tavern. Check it out. Um, all right. Well, I guess that concludes our 83rd episode. Oh my God! Ah, 83rd episode. Uh, and that brings me to uh, for the next few uh, weeks, I'm going to be pitching at you guys to um, help us celebrate our hundredth episode by any kind of um, anything that you like, you listeners, any like your favorite episodes of of. Um, of what we've done or anything that you'd like us to cover like throw it at us come at us we're doing 100 episodes yo help us out yeah get, help us figure out a way to like break off that first hundo yeah <laughs> oh my god you guys shut up stop everything sam <laughs> oh wait wait what have, have, have we gotten any sam sightings or i i i hear he may have left the country wait a minute how how did you find this out so I I don't even know how you do this or if you could do this, but some weird like anonymous egg thing sent me a DM on Twitter. There's no account name or anything, but apparently they saw him getting on a plane and they sent me a picture 
of a gate to Finland at the airport. Finland? Yeah, for for any of our viewers who may not be familiar, Colin has a very weird thing against He's Finland. Got yeah, we 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 have we've decided not to open that door any further. It's it's a little it's already been too much. And we apologize to any of our Finnish fans who may be listening right now. We are so sorry. Sit down. <laughs> All right. Calm down. All right. I I, I I I will take this upon myself. Well, I mean, you I I I will summon up my strength and my resolve, and I will go to Finland and I will bring Sam back. Yes, I do, Dennis. I mean, <laughs> you really don't. I mean, I mean, you know, he's just doing this to fuck with you, right? Like he—he he, he knows he—he's—he's he's been here witnessing throughout this whole thing. Yeah, yeah he, he knows he, how much he, you hate Finland. He knows how I feel about the Finns, but but that's exactly why I have to be the one to go. Like it's, it's the only way that we can convince him how badly we need him back. Because if I'm the one who goes, if I myself actually go to Finland and I appeal to his better nature, we can get Sam back and I am prepared to do this. I mean, if, if, you, if that's what you feel you I'm have to do, stop I mean, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just make sure you're back by the next episode. Oh yeah, guys. No, I'll, I'll be back. Like I, I'm, I'm like while I was back there yelling, I was actually on Travelocity, <laughs> and um, I, I've already booked a flight. So yes, I, I am going to Finland. I am going to get Sam back, whatever it takes. Well, Godspeed. All right. Well, don't kill any Finns. I'll try, Dennis. <laughs> But, but you know what? Honestly, the ball's in their court. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, thank you for joining us. You can find us on the Twitter um, at IWYTWT. You could tweet at us individually. I'm at the D-Bucks. I'm at Catharticus. <laughs> I'm at Colin Munch. You can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash IWYTWT. Um, that's where I post all of our episodes. It's it's quite nice. Um, you can find all of our episodes on any podcatcher app as well. Um, it's pretty neat, like your Stitcher or your your Apple iTunes or even some Finnish ones, Colin. I imagine. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they have their own podcasting catchers, Dennis. Yeah. So, so there. Um, <laughs> we have a Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash i w y t w t. I post link to our SoundCloud page there. Um, please review us on Apple, um, the Apple iTunes. I know it's kind of annoying and out of your way because, you know, it's Apple and it's iTunes. A lot of you might not have that, but man, oh, man, does it help us get up there. Like, it's really the highest ranker of the ranker. <laughs> it, it's like it's, the biggest difference you can make in terms of making a really, podcast more truly visible. And it's, truly yeah. and really. Because um, it's also like how a lot of pod catching apps get us is through that one. Um, that's where I applied initially to start this whole thing. So, yes, he's there. Also, Stitcher works. Stitcher is a place where you can also leave us a review. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week for when we cover um, Looking for Richard. Thank you. It already escaped my tiny little brain. I knew it was going to. Yeah. Um, okay, bye. Oh, watch this movie. I want you to watch. Come on and watch with me. I want you to watch. I just watch this, watch this movie with me.
Watch the fucking movie.